Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. All right, welcome to episode 158 of 15 Minutes of Genius. I am your host, Alex Bear, without the genius hat today. I just want to show off my, my curls, what's left of my curls. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Genius Juice. And uh, so a uh, couple items just to talk about before I introduce this guy that's to my left, technically, uh, Jody Polischuk. Make sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We're going to be releasing episodes every single week right here on LinkedIn. Uh, this show is all about just bringing on great entrepreneurs, visionaries, founders, consultants, finance people, investors that share their story of how they are involved in the CPG space. So uh, without further ado, my guest, as mentioned, Jody Polischuk, he is the CEO of Sundays, and they reinvented the Oreo, finally, zero sugar and one gram of net carbs. And also part of the story is he was the previous CEO and founder of Yuga, which was in business for roughly about four and a half years. And they folded up in January, 2020 based out of Boulder. So that was a startup uh, that didn't work out, but now he's um, onto a new path with Sundays and there's some already some good stuff brewing there. So uh, Jody, how's it going? Really good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were talking a little bit before that. I mean, I first time you know, even meeting you, uh, just we've done everything through LinkedIn and messaging. So now, you know, this mm -hmm. is the first face to face that me and Jody have had. And uh, so I got to hear a little bit of his backstory before we went before we went into recording. Um, but just like any other podcast, I love to hear, uh, you know, especially for entrepreneurs that are watching. I want to go to the past first. So before we go back to the future reference, we're going to start in the past to Yuga creating that, what happened there, what did you learn, and then we can parlay that into how you got to Sundays. Mm, okay, let's go. So you need a lot, a lot more than 15 minutes to unpack the learnings from that business. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, was a genius, yeah. Yeah, totally. But so a little bit of backstory. So uh, before Yuga, so Yuga was actually a pivot. So before Yuga was a single-serving chia pudding cup called uh, Chia Viva, launched that, realized really early on we had a positioning issue. Um, you know, it was, the descriptor was Chia Pudding, which is for most people that are familiar with that product, understand that it's like as much of a breakfast consumption occasion thing as it is a dessert, maybe even more so. So we were really pushing to be merchandised in the yogurt set just for the eyeballs. You know, refrigerated dessert is a really sliver of a category in just minuscule sets. Um, buyers were, you know, continually pushing back on that going, well, it says pudding as the descriptor. So it kind of makes more sense in that set, right? Which is not right. where we wanted to be. So we pivoted, sort of did a little bit of a reformulation, but it was virtually the same product, um, just positioned as a, as a plant-based um, sort of superfood uh, coconut milk yogurt. So uh, that business lasted maybe in, in, in Yuga, maybe about two years or so. Um, a lot of learnings, you know, it really like looking back on it, it was kind of like, you don't know what you don't know. And mm -hmm. 
you know, just just by virtue of starting as as you know, just by virtue of starting a business with a perishable product, like you've immediately just made the mountain higher, right? It's not that you can't win, it's just way harder to do that. Right. And so, you know, I, I really looked at like, uh, I really looked at the decisions that were made during that time that kind of just made it harder to win. Right. Like having multiple SKUs, uh, having a refrigerated product, having, um, having a product where to describe to someone what Yuga was, was like an entire conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's just going to be mm-hmm. a lot of lifting on the marketing side and, you know, a lot of education. And with that is cost comes, uh, you know, it's, it's expensive to do that. Right. And mm-hmm. sure. time consuming. And so it just, you know, you just layer all these things sort of one on top of the other and complexity over complexity. And, you know, again, you've just, you just created uh, a situation where it's just a lot harder to win. Yeah. I can definitely sympathize with that, you know, with Genius Juice, where our product is uh, not easily explainable. It's refrigerated. It's $5 a bottle or $6 a bottle. So there's a lot of challenges there. And I think, like like you said, you don't know what you don't know. And now with all the learnings that you've had, which, again, I'm, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's, there's so much more, which we just don't have time to get into because I want to get to what you're doing now with Sundays. But the product now is shelf stable. It's so stupidly easy to explain that it's a better for you Oreo. I mean, that's just a tagline that says it all. So it looks like you learn from the past, you've repositioned it and you only have the one skew, right? It's just one skew to start. Correct. So, yeah. And that was another learning. Like, you know, we could have, like, we could have launched with four skews, but why? Right. right. Yeah. So basically like you, you, everything that you learned, you're going into this, um, how was the idea sparked? Were you just like, man, every, you know, there's Partake and all these other cookie companies doing chocolate chip better. No one's doing Oreo better. And Oreo is a top selling cookie of all time. I'm going to go into this. Like, how did that idea spark? Yeah. So I would love to say that, like, I basically backed that process out of everything I just said. Um, but it wasn't that at all. It's actually it was, in a way, right? It's like entrepreneurial. It's it's always serendipitous how you find out how you. Get I remember exactly. It was like twenty. Yeah. I want to say yeah. So it was right after Magic Spoon. It was basically early twenty twenty, and I was just like, "How is th- this needs to exist for an Oreo?" Right. It, like that was it. Yeah, yeah. That was like that was the impetus. I was like, "How does this not exist? That's this is crazy that this." isn't in market because, you know, intuitively just really understood that there's an opportunity for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, most, most of the best ideas are usually the simplest and the most straightforward ideas. Um, so, and I think that really hit you that this wasn't, has not been done. And I, I was reading your, your bio on LinkedIn and all this stuff and the article that, that hit, which is about your recent fundraise, which we'll get into is an Oreo, uh, I was kind of talking on my ass a little bit, but Oreo is the number one selling they are, in America. Oreo is the number one selling cookie brand in the world. In the world. They're the number one selling cookie brand in America. Um, I don't know what other countries there are the number one at, but they're the number one in the world. Uh, over 4 billion globally. Um, one, I think I read one out of every $5 in America spent on cookies is spent on Oreo. Wow. Wow. 
I got to say, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Rounders of course. with Matt Damon. Of course, of course. I actually, I'll send you, I'll tag you in this LinkedIn post that I made where I screen grabbed uh Tom Malkovich like eating it. Yeah, what's his name again? The Russian. Uh, again? He was um he was a part of the KGB in the movie. No, no. Oh KGB. Oh yeah, yeah. Teddy yeah, KGB. It was, yeah, it was yeah. Teddy Teddy KGB. That was Teddy KGB. Well, that's right. So yeah. I, I will tag you in the post I made on LinkedIn a little while ago on that. Yeah. And honestly, whenever I watch that movie, it's like I want to fuck an Oreo right now. You know, like it's like it, it makes you hungry just watching it, you know. But you're, um you're so, so good. Yeah. So you and for those that don't know, Rounders is a movie about poker it's about you know matt damon i won't ruin what happens but he's a he's a he's a gambler he's a poker player and yeah. he goes up against basically the kgb the mafia uh when mm -hmm. trying to get money and trying to earn money at these backdoor games and one of the villains in the movies in the movie eats oreos while he's playing mm -hmm. um so I'll, I'll leave it i'll leave and it he there. keeps them stacked in his chip in his chip holders and he keeps them stacked in his chip holder and uh and there is something, there is a tell, by the way, yeah. that eat the cookies. And I'll yeah. do it. I'm already saying yeah. too much. You're already so, saying too much. But also, and it's, and it's, and it's worthy to note that Rounders is really singularly responsible and credited for for the like holdom, for the poker boom. Yeah, it's from yeah. that movie. Yeah, like if you grew up, if you played in the night in the sort of 2000s and everything that's come from that it's really going back it's from that movie yeah i i don't doubt that i mean whenever i got into poker in 2006 it was a few years after the big boom in 2003 like the chris moneymaker year and all that yeah where this guy out of nowhere you know some guy from the midwest or whatever won over a million dollars in a poker tournament that had no no, no skill set in poker. Yeah. He, was, he was just a newbie. He wasn't a professional. Yeah. And so I, I really, uh, I really got into poker. And uh, anyway, it's, we're going off the uh, on tangents. But when I was in poker rooms, playing, you know, just uh, recreationally between work or whatever, or between appointments, um, everyone was talking about rounders. It was like the mm -hmm. movie that got people in the poker. And the one thing yeah. that I remember that people said like pros said about rounders pros respected rounders the most out of any mm -hmm. book movie because it was realistic the hand yeah. realistic and like you probably have seen the movie um ugh, uh it's a james bond one um the one where they play poker I don't, i'm not a huge bond buff i have i think the last one i saw was like living daylight so you shouldn't be asking me about it's been a while okay well yeah. there's, there's a there's a movie uh, and again i can't remember casino royale that was okay. Movie. Yeah. 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 And they were playing poker and in the final hand, it was the most unrealistic hand. Right. Ever. It was like total Hollywood. Like one guy had four of a kind. The next guy had a straight flush. And then, the, then, then like bond had like a Royal flush. It's like, dude, right. when has that ever happened in poker? That, Never. that doesn't happen. So you just went through a fundraise. Congratulations. It's not Thank easy you, in this yeah. to do that. So you have to have a great team and a great product, which you do. How did that fundraise happen? How were you able to make it happen in this environment just for people that are watching, looking to raise capital and get some advice from you? And what is next for the brand? Now they have some money in the bank to grow yeah, it. Yeah, we have a little, not a lot. A little, not um, yeah, a little. <laughs> so, you know, we, I, I, uh, we started raising capital for this business in like with small angel checks about, about a full year ago now. And... 
like you said, man, it's just a slow grind. It's one of the most difficult things to do, uh, it, which is to separate people from their money in any climate, in any sort of environment, especially this one. Um, I, you know, I just kept at it, man. That's it. It's just speaking to as many people as possible. And it was a lot of small checks, like actually to the point where like our attorney was like, yo, dude, you need to like slow down on these tiny checks because you're clogging up your cap table. And like, right. there's a law, you know, like, and actually don't know what it is in the US. I'm assuming it's the same. But, you know, in Canada, once you reach a certain number of investors, individual entities on your cap table, you have to register with the securities regulators, which hmm. he was like, you don't want to do that. So like, that's just, I'm just trying to communicate to you that it wasn't, it was a very slow grind, a lot of really small checks, um, you know, came from just a lot of me posting on LinkedIn, really building the brand online. Um, so there's a lot of sort of inbound like that, smaller angel investors, and then connected uh, with the guys at Space Station also through LinkedIn. And it just happened really fast, man. They just, you know, they're investors in Magic Spoon, um, their investors in Olipop, a lot of similarities between the three mm -hmm. brands in terms of like value proposition and the type right. of consumer that, that, that we're for. Um, and it's just, just happened, just came together really quickly. And I'm super grateful for those guys because they're amazing partners. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what also is a really great selling point is that you've been through this before, you know, you're not just right off the street where you don't know what you're doing, like by, you know, and I, I call it a learning experience, not a failure, right? And many entrepreneurs go through this is you had such a great learning experience that Space Station and all your investors have a lot of faith in you. You've learned, you know what to do going forward. You're not going to hit the landmines that a lot of other entrepreneurs hit that, you know, mm -hmm. first time in the, business, in the business, I should say. So I think there's a lot there where, you know, the product, I think it's a great product idea. The packaging is awesome but they are really betting on you. Like, you know what you're doing and that's how you're able to raise that level of capital, right? This early on. Um, so what are you doing now that you raise this money? And what's the, um, I, I, is it public yet? I can't remember. I know it's, it was on space stations newsletter, but we're not announcing how much it was, but it wasn't a seven figure raise. Okay. So it's a if six, that's, if that's six what you're raise. asking. Yeah. So it's a six figure raise. Um, what is next? for you guys you're just going to get it out there get it on the shelf and do d to c or what, what's your play we're going we're, we're starting we're, we're we just launched so you can buy sundays um on our website which is eatsundays.com right now and launching right now. you can buy them right now launching right. on amazon um in early q1 uh and honestly that's going to be the majority of our year is just really amazon um we're uh, we're looking at doing some really focused retail tests. You know, oh, there you go. Um, yeah. It's a really terrible overlay because I'm not good at editing on here. That's okay. That's, well, that, get, that is it. Well, they'll get it. So, um, you know, just really trying to really trying to stay very disciplined, right? It's in this space and in this game. There's it's a never ending stream of opportunities. And I think it's, it's important, at least in my experience to like, you know, have a plan, stick to the plan. And that means saying no to almost everything, yeah. right? Like really trying to delay, push off, you know, really looking at like, what are the capital efficient moves, right? 
Like what are the near term moves that are going to really move the needle? Um, you know, for example, like UNFI is not that, right? I mean, that's a really capital inefficient way to launch a brand. So really just looking at like, what are, how far can we stretch those pre-seed dollars um, in, while also really building the brand and driving profitability? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That's I think it, there's man. a lot, a lot of really good things there. And, uh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are adjusting their strategy in this environment. So you're like ahead of the curve, like we're adjusting our strategy, which is not go everywhere, right? Not to go to too many conventional stores or mass market, right? And only go where we know the product is going to sell, and we're going to get the best margin and profit from those right. accounts. Yeah. And like, I'd rather do a, you know, and in this environment, I would do less in sales, significantly less in sales with profit versus more in sales with no profit, you know, that hundred percent agree. I think if we start to unpack that, and this is just my take is like, people are in a rush, you know, yeah. it's like they want to get there faster. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's just like, it's, it's, there are very few examples of that happening, but like, that's not really the way to build it. You know, and if you kind of like remove that arbitrary timeline of like, I need to be here by this time, yep. then, you know, really the only clock that you're on is your bank account, right? Exactly. And, and, and your runway. And as long as your investors are aligned in that, um, then I think it really is like the slow and steady sort of thing is the way that I'm looking at it. And I mean, the thing is, even even if we did want to go into wider retail, like, we have no brand awareness, right? Like we don't really have a brand yet. I mean, we're, it's starting to be built, but like the famous great and powerful James Richardson says, a logo is not a brand. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, even if we were going, were to go into wider retail, even despite the capital inefficiencies of that, um, it's just, we don't have a lot of awareness yet. We need to really build a brand first and build that foundation first. Exactly. And I think right. like, exactly. I think there's so many things that really ring true there. And I like how, you know, the only time limit is really your bank account. I really like that phrase, which I'm going to, I'm going to take to the bank if I must say so myself. You can steal and, it. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, it's already jacked. It's already in my signature. <laughs> email. I did that like a minute ago. And, uh, but I think, you know, entrepreneurs need to realize it's not about appeasing investors and trying to get to an exit as quickly as possible. It's really about building a solid found building a company, having a solid yeah. company with solid margins, yeah. EBITDA, not being heavily reliant on future capital. So I think it's, it's always good. You need to raise capital at some point, right? Unless you have money in the bank from, you know, unless right. you're Lance Collins or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, or you want to take 10 years to bootstrap. I don't want to do that either. Right? Exactly. So if you're not in those two scenarios, you're probably going to raise some money or you'll need to to kickstart things, R&D, product development, get it on the shelf, do your first production, do some initial marketing, do some taste testing to get it out there. But it's turning where you raise once, but if you have a solid foundation and a great company that you've built uh, and great structure, 
you don't have to continue raising over and over and over again and diluting everyone in the mix, especially diluting all the early investors that took a chance on you. Right. When it was an idea, when it was like yeah. a rendering on a computer. So right. like, I really, really like that, that, that strategy, which is like, you know, raise when you have to raise solid foundation and build a great company. And if it takes 10 years, you know what, man, like there are exits happening. Okay. Like in, in like, there's companies that build for five or six years, right? They kind of rush it. Their margins are not great. They're not profitable. They go to exit, right? They go to exit. They have a bad exit or they have a, a substandard exit. Right. Where the only people that win at all are the founders. Right. All the investors, maybe they get one and a half X, you know, but right. investors don't want one and a half X. They want 10 X. They want 15 X. They want 20 X. So good. Things, yeah. So good things are worth waiting for. And, you know, Investors need to also understand that if you're going to put money in and the company is going to be building a strong foundation over many years, it might take seven to 10 years to get your investment back, but the exit's going to be much better. So that's to me, that it probably, yeah, it probably will take that long. I mean, if you look at, you know, real enterprise value is like seven plus years. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, something earlier that you said was that now I know what to do. I actually don't know what to do right now, but I know what not to do. Right. That's, and that's, so it's important. Yeah. Building uh, a business with an exit in mind, like that was a fundamental mistake that, that I made with my last one, With this one, I want to build a business that, it, and I've said this a few times, it where it's so, so profitable and so fun and like throwing off so much cash and really like meeting the needs of our customers and, serving as this creative outlet for myself and our team and all those things. And if that's the case, then it's like, you don't care if you ever sell it. Yeah. Right. Because the truth is, is that as you're raising capital through multiple financing rounds, like there's, you know, if you're doing it right, there are liquidation uh, opportunities for your investors prior to a full exit. Right. Yeah. So it's like, exactly. if they're in a rush, then they can get out on the way up. Yeah. And of course, like if you're profiting and doing really well, you have the money to buy back those stocks. They're going to be they're going to get their profit, their return yeah. out of it. And also, of course, you want to buy back shares in the valuable company that's profiting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not, right. Yeah. Uh, so it's a win win all around. Um, yeah. Honestly, dude, I'm I'm not thinking about any of that right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's too. Yeah, you're, you're in the I'm really not. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think you're off to you know a really great start. I love the packaging. I love the product. Um, I definitely want to. I'm going to order it right after this to share with my family over the holidays. And you've done something that's really hard to do in this environment, which means you have a great structure set up and you have a great team. Um, how how big is your team? Before I go to the next segment, how big is your team, or who are you working with right now? Yeah, the team is relatively small. Um, we don't have anybody on full time. Um, REL Vaseport is supporting on customer service. We have like a, she's doing like CX community stuff, um, you know, very part-time. Right. Um, we have, we're really design heavy. So uh, Christine Brown is kind of our de facto head of design. And so, you know, Django Jim, who is the illustrator who created like the whole thing. He's in Belgium. The three of us work really closely together. Mm -hmm. Um and we have uh, Eric Fetty supporting on ops. That's 
just starting. I mean, there's not, not a huge heavy lift there. Um, you know, pretty much everything is contracted. So like Amazon, we don't have, uh, I'm the only full-time employee. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I, 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 think I figured that was, um, you know, and, and by the way, genius juice is the same thing. Like we have full-time contractors. Yeah. But I'm like the full, 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 full-time, like, you know, ride and die, like, you know, of course. Yeah. You know, 18 hours. Well, you're a day. steering the ship. Yeah, exactly. Being the, the co-founder at this point, the founder, the other co-founder stepped, stepped down a, a few years ago. But so I think like this model is such a great model and it's a model that more companies need to do, which is in CPG, you don't need a lot of people to grow a brand. Like you need the right people, but you don't need yeah. a lot of people. I mean, there's a, a friend of mine, I'm going to keep them anonymous, but they do a, uh, a beverage product and they do also a food product. They have two different, they have like two different lines. They're going to be doing nearly 25 million this year and they have four people. That's amazing. Yeah. They have one. And so I hope they're paying them really well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are uh, because they have the profit, right. Right. To pay themselves. And yeah. And also their equity is super valuable because yeah. the company's profitable and, uh, you know, someone's going to try to knock on their door, maybe for a sale, but they're never going to have to knock on someone else's door. Right. It's, yeah. it's always people are coming to them. So I think, you know, if you have the right people and the right strategy, you don't need that many to build a brand. I mean, you can, you have to you can scale it, but to scale, that's all outsourcing. You know, that's, yeah. packing, that's trucking, that's whatever, you know, raw material sourcing. Like you don't need yeah. to hire people to, to scale, you know, in my true. Opinion. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, well, I, I, we got to have a part two on this because there's so much more to talk about. We're over time. Let's go to our next segment. Let's do it. Rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions. All right here. Uh, I used to have a studio where someone else did that for me and we cut back considerably so now I'm, I'm hitting all the buttons here nice i remember your studio actually yeah it looked a lot and nicer than this background so that was in it was in manhattan beach right manhattan beach studios yeah how do i remember that i don't know but i do i mean what don't you remember dude you're i don't small. know <laughs> i used to watch your well, i've watched a lot of your shows that's why and, yeah. and i remember you had that guy and it, you always used to shout him out yeah yeah uh, mark yeah mark, mark. Nicholas. yeah yeah and I still have his logo here at the very end of the episode, just as a legacy thing. And uh, nice. I think he, he helped us tape 140 episodes. And then eventually wow. we were just like, we got to kind of scale down here. And, and I started getting more familiar with StreamYard. And StreamYard is really cool. You can do recording. You can do live on LinkedIn. It's all plugged in and linked it, or linked to LinkedIn. And I recommend StreamYard for anyone doing podcasting. It's kind of the... It's like the garage band of podcasts. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we have 15 questions for 15, 15 minutes. Yep. So you've seen some previous episodes. You may know these questions already. So pretend that you don't. But here we okay, go. I'm not going to remember any of them. So these are all new to me. All new. Okay. Yeah. All right. So first question for music, which decade is the best, the 70s, 80s, or 90s? Um, the nineties, because I'm a huge fish fan and that's when fish was the best. Yep. I remember. Yeah. They're, they were, they were the band of the nineties for sure. 
what do you do for exercise? I do uh, resistance, weight training, and cardio. Movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. Christmas Story. Yep, which is going to be air like 24 hours. I can't straight. wait to see it again. I've seen it so many freaking times, and I'm going to watch it again this year. Yeah, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> so right, good. Uh, uh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Favorite country to travel to? Um, is Europe a country? <laughs> uh, probably Italy. Constant. I would say, yeah. Yep. Italy or, yeah, I'll go with Italy. Cool. Uh, favorite Star Wars character? Oh, dude, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I would say gotta be Mando. Right. Just because they did that show so good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like him a lot. Cool character. Uh, what is your spirit animal? Uh, owl. Oh, we're actually, it's hard to say. I, I'm a huge, I'm obsessed with cats. I got to go with cat, actually. Cool. I go with cat, yeah. Awesome. Do you like to drive an SUV, a coupe, or a truck? Uh, sedan. For food, salty or sweet? Salty. Even though you have a sweet product. It's, uh, I mean, I do like Sundays a lot. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I've got a sweet tooth too. It's hard to say. Yeah. Depends on the time of day. During the day, I don't eat any sugar during the day at all. Um, so definitely during the day, salty, definitely at night, later in the evening, maybe sweet. Yeah. It's kind of like a cookie nightcap. They're calling it. Exactly. I'm not like, I don't eat like, I'm not eating chips on the couch at, at night. I'm eating chocolate on the couch at night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way, man. One of my favorite chocolate bars is called, uh, I love Hue bar. That's one of my, one of my favorites, but there's another one called Taza. You ever nice. tried them? I've, I've had it a bunch. Yeah. yeah what I have, so what nice. I've been buying lately, which is kind of conventional, but it's super high quality is uh Ritter sport. You ever buy those? Yeah. I, I haven't bought it, but I've, I've seen it. They're good. They're, they're really good. good. Yeah. Okay. They're, I think that they're really good. Yeah. And they're pretty, pretty are they like this, the chocolate bar, like a rectangle bar? Is that what they look like? Yeah, they're like this. They're like square. They have a very particular shape. It's like part of their brand. Okay. Um, and it's really high quality chocolate. And uh, they they sell it all over, like Whole Foods, natural stores, conventional stores. But um, they're the marzipan one, if you're a fan of marzipan, is so freaking good. It's amazing. It's probably my favorite one. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. Marzipan. Is that a flavor? What is that? Yeah, so like marzipan is marzipan with an N at the end. N. Yeah. Marzipan is uh it's like an almond paste, sort of. It's hard to explain, but it's really okay. it's dude, they're amazing. It's a red label, that one. I'll check it out. I'm, I'm a chocolate guy at heart for sure. So I'm gonna go out and buy that. Ritter Sport. I've seen it so many times. I'll buy it. It's an like, iconic brand, like they're sold everywhere. Mm. All right, favorite day of the week and why? Oh, that's a good one. I like Friday because Friday, you know, there were periods in my life where Friday just it didn't matter. It was just like whatever, another day. But these days, Fridays really feel like Fridays. And we do pizza night every Friday with my family and I, so my wife and our daughter, and it's just sitting in front of the TV watching whatever my daughter wants to watch, but we're just hanging out. And so those are good days. I think as you... uh delve into your business venture here what you think sunday will become the new favorite day 
I was going to say that first. I like Sunday a lot um, just because it's a super chill day around our house. Yeah. But it's a tie Friday, Sunday. Okay. Honestly, dude, I like Mondays too, though. I'm one Monday, of those weirdos okay. where it's like, I can't wait to get back to work. No, I think you like every day because you just you enjoy your life. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So Uber or Lyft, if you're Lyft. still taking those. Lyft. Yeah. Right. I don't know why. I just prefer Lyft. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I, I think the drivers lit and lift are just cooler to me like they're nicer they like their job more when like right people can be kind of just anti-social like they don't want to talk with you and also for whatever reason uber drivers usually smell worse than lyft i don't know i haven't i haven't honestly haven't taken uber in in, in a while um me neither but, yeah. yeah i do lyft mainly but there's no lyft here and i drive and so i really only take lyft like at airports and stuff right right makes sense all right uh lebron james Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, the greatest of all time? I mean, MJ. Terminator 1 or Terminator 2? Two? 2. Yeah, Stop. I just watched it the other day. It's actually it's on, the on, theater. Uh, it's on YouTube for free now. Okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Available. But yeah, that was... Like, that was. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, it was like one of those movies I saw in the theater, and like I remember, remember the arcade? They had the the T two arcade game where yep. you hold the gun, and it like you press it, pull the trigger, and it like it like shakes yeah, and vibrates. Shakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um I remember. I mean, this is again a tangent, but it's it's my favorite action movie of all time. I mean, I think either that or Face Off. It's kind of between those two. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and again, I'm not factoring in mystery or drama or sci-fi like star wars that's all that's a different segment i'm talking just straight up action and i i grew up in los angeles and i still live in los angeles so all those areas right like the um the la river right you know like the cement totally yeah yeah like where the chase happened and like the galleria you know when you know when uh t1000's like the galleria like when he was looking for john connor and like yeah. all those areas and like even the chase at the very end is the bridge going over Long Beach, going over the mm -hmm. port of Long Beach. So mm -hmm. like, yeah. whenever I'm driving by all this, I'm like, dude, that was where they filmed T2. Like, and Love that movie. I remember in the theater, you know, in the theater, I didn't know shit because I was, I was nine years old or 10 years old. I mean, my dad like snuck me in, you know, to get right. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, I'm 40 now. Okay. Yeah. We're well, 43. So we're around the same age. So yeah. Yeah. So like T2 came out in 91 and I think 91 or 92 and I was born in 82. So I was literally like nine and a half years old or something. Yeah. I remember the beginning, like we were front, almost front row. Like there was no room in the theater. So like the old theaters, right. We're like literally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember like the intro where they show like the battle between, you know, the machine and the humans. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a human skull. And then this this foot comes down on it, you know the the machine foot comes down on the yeah. Vehicle. I remember jumping to the ceiling like it was so loud and so unexpected, and I remember two and a half hours like just like in the theater went by so fast. It's and, so good. Yeah, I wish I wish I could see it in the theater again, you know, because I think they re released it like five or six years ago, like a thirty year anniversary or something like that, but. I would go watch in the theater again too. And actually going back and I don't want to derail this, but going back to the movie I could watch over and over again, if given a second chance, I think even though I, I'm obsessed with uh, 
Christmas story, but I think I'd have to say the Princess Bride. Princess Bride, yeah, that's just yeah classic. Yeah, yeah, those two for sure with Kevin Arnold in it. Yeah, yeah. So, I, don't, I don't even know Prince Savage. That's his real name. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, there, there's so many. Yeah, the, the holidays is gonna be all about watching movies, you know, and catching up on movies. But I was totally. gonna say too that YouTube. What, I don't know why they're doing this. Maybe it's like they're being nice or they have some strategy or ulterior motive behind it. But they're 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 putting movies up for free now on YouTube. Cool. So like T2 is free. Um, T1 is free. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, one of my favorite movies of all time. Like nice for closers. You know that that's on YouTube for free. Yeah. So, you know, check it out. Um, I fall asleep <laughs> in most movies these days, dude. Yeah, it's I, really difficult for me to make it all the way to the end. If I'm being honest, it's got to be like such a damn good movie to. It's got to be really good. Your attention, yeah, yeah. All right, so we uh, for the first time in 15 minutes of genius history, we've gone I think over 10 minutes on the rapid fire questions. Last question. Last <laughs> okay. question. Favorite food or drink? If you're stuck on a deserted island and you cannot say genius juice and you cannot say Sundays. Favorite food or drink? Well, for drink, it would have to be these. I'm, I'm completely obsessed with them. Perrier. I drink so many of these. But this one in particular, because it's like, you know, it's the perfect quant like quantity of liquid. It's just like a few sips. And uh, it's about the size of the bubbles. So, you know, because these are force carbonated with... Um, uh, what is oh with carbon dioxide right which is like when when you drink that it's that burning sensation that you get from a lot of carbonated things mm -hmm. these ones in particular the bubbles are like quite a bit smaller and so it's just like a much nicer mouthfeel hmm. it's hard to explain but um i think there's a really loyal following for these ones in the little cans here so definitely this or just water which is you know i mean all i drink is water and coffee um and for food, oh, I don't know, probably just steak. I eat a lot of steak. It's kind of like the perfect food. There you go. Uh, yeah. So steak. So steak and then Perrier. And that's a I'm a simple man, dude. 95% of my diet is just whole foods. And then the other 5%, I eat shamelessly eat whatever I want. There you go. Love it. Have you ever yeah. had Gerald Steiner, the sparkling water Gerald Steiner? I know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't, I, I'm sure I've had it at some point, but I don't like, we don't buy it in glass because I just drink all, all these. Got it. That yeah. makes sense. All right. Well, so that is rapid fire questions with Jody Paulus Chuck. And I'm going to try to do a sound effect here. There it is. Nice. Cool. <laughs> Good job. That was, that was provided by YouTube sponsored by awesome. YouTube. Nice. All right. Very fancy, uh, you know, editing, maneuvers going on here in 15 minutes of genius so if someone wants to buy your product reach out to you anything like that uh well, let us know all your contact details and uh we want people to go out and buy it so yeah well there's only one place you can get it eatsundays.com just like how it sounds um and you can look out for it on amazon like late january sometime february ish awesome and right now you can buy it on your website literally now eatsundays.com right right this second Right this second. Okay, I'm going to go on right this second. I'm going to buy it. So um, I'll look for your order. <laughs> nice. You're going to be like, you're going to call your warehouse. Like, okay, okay like <laughs> that guy, like get that freaking order out. Like, I'll be like, now. make sure it's, make sure it's well packed. They're starting all, all of the early orders that we've gotten. Um, 
Christmas. The site just went live like a week ago. So oh, wow. uh, they're all going to be starting to fulfill next week. Wow. So I can't guarantee that they're going to land before Christmas, but for you, they probably will because one of our uh, DCs is in Fresno. Oh, cool. And so you'll probably get it like a, like a day. Yeah. Nice. I'll get it by Sunday. Literally. It's Friday, right? You, or Thursday you, right now. Well, not, no, but not of this week. So they're going to start to fulfill them on Monday. Oh, okay. So Monday it starts. Okay. Correct. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Jody, this is a great conversation. Uh, we'll definitely have a part two. I think we want to, I would love to have you on our Friday vibes podcast as well, which is the LinkedIn live one that gets a lot of, uh, exposure and viewership on there. So we'll definitely make awesome. it happen, dude. And thanks brother. Congrats on everything. I really, I really, I really appreciate you reaching out. Uh, I'm a huge fan of your product. As you know, every time I'm in Whole Foods in the States, I make a beeline there and I buy Honey Mamas and Genius Juice and I drink them and I eat and drink them both at the same time. And it's the most delicious combination. If anyone's not tried that, I highly recommend it. Love it. Um, Love it. And I appreciate you having me on. It was a fun chat. We should definitely do this again. We should do this again, like in six months where you can be like, yo, like, you know, where are they? How's now? it going? Yeah. 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 For sure. Well, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the, uh, just for the accolades, brother. I really appreciate that. And uh, for those that also, he's in Canada. So that's why when he yes. said when he's in the States, that's why yes. he's buying Genius Juice. So, um, correct. Yeah, Bring it up here, dude. I mean, I know it's like logistically probably not really worth it's, it's it but, nightmare, but yeah you know, yeah i got i gotta learn french first and then we can bring it up there so i'll um, be your first customer and i'll tell everybody <laughs> i know about it awesome brother all right so that is this has been one episode 158 of 15 minutes of genius with jody Polischuk at sundays make sure to go to eatsundays.com to buy their amazing oreos but they're better than oreos because they're much 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 healthier so uh, again, uh, make sure to see it, to uh, check us out on Apple Podcast. We're going to be posting these episodes once a week on LinkedIn. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks, dude. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. Got it. Take care. Bye. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.